folding pocket. The Fast and Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Bessie Glover. Me, a slightly jet-lagged resident F1 expert, Christian Hugill, back in the UK. I can't promise much sense on this one because as much as I have had some sleep, the brain's not fully there. Formula One's usually <laughs> my thing, but let's not make any promises I can't keep. Hello there. <laughs> Great. Well, we've got another loose Christian Hugill episode. Uh, can I just say, the last time we spoke to you, you were so blissed out and I really loved it. Oh, by the way, hello, this is team principal Greg James here. And can I just say, Christian, before we properly kick off on the Grand Prix and have a look at that and chat to a couple of our brilliant listeners who were there and actually became friends um, at the Grand Prix, I got to say this, Austin looks good on you. I think that mm. is a, that is a place where you could actually survive and thrive. Oh, I agree. Let me say with no sense of being silly I would move to Austin tomorrow if I could wow so many people in F1 have said to me about Austin as a city and we obviously spoke so much about my Grand Prix experience on the last podcast but then I stayed out until Sunday night but the city's awesome absolutely awesome what's so special about it for start the people everyone Mm. is so lovely and their American optimism is infectious and politeness and nice. You just notice how nice everyone is. Every bar's got live music playing. I went to my first ever American football game to to uh, to watch the Texas Longhorns. Oh. I am now an adoptive Texas Longhorns fan. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> I just loved it. I, I had the best week. Just the best week. Can I ask you how many caps have you bought and brought home with you? Because every time we speak to you, you've got a different one on. Great question, Betty. And one that was constantly on my mind throughout the trip. I came back with two new caps. I have a bit of a a cap thing. Uh, Williams kindly gave me this one, which I love because it's the Texas Longhorns colour, who I've, as I said, sort of fallen in love with. (laughs) Everyone said to go to Alan's Boots, this awesome um, like hat and boot cowboy shop in Austin where I bought another hat there. I resisted <laughs> buying a cowboy hat because two hundred dollars on something you just don't wear. Oh. But no, it's fine. I spent it on thing. I spent it on cool cowboy style things I will wear. Oh, so it's fine. Like what? Uh, I got some very cool denim jeans and like a cowboy style denim belt <laughs> and a jodhpurs. Yeah, I've got images of you walking around with your jeans on, and you know they have those like dangly little stars and like all sorts of stuff <laughs> yeah. they wear out there. I've just got images of that. I'm imagining him walking into into a bar and uh, spinning two uh, two little guns in his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> it became very obvious when I was in bars that I was British. On my last <laughs> night there, someone I met while I was there, Matt. Uh, hi, Matt. Lovely Matt adopted me a little bit and bought and, and uh, invited me out with his friends and I was Ooh. The, the token Ooh, Matt. I was the token Hello, Matt. I was the token British one well I'm very very pleased about that and uh, Betty and I will be uh, probing you later on the WhatsApp group about Matt yes <laughs> so we certainly will Matt's a, Matt's <laughs> no friends Matt is a friend. Yes, let's just leave Matt there because it sounds like you had a lovely time, all of you. So I'm very pleased that you had a great time there. Great episode while you're out there. And uh, let's move on to Mexico. So you didn't go to the Mexico Grand Prix, but you were, were you out there while it was on? Did you manage to watch it in a bar or something, a sports bar? I realised that if I 
went to the airport when you should go to the airport for a flight, I would have to miss the race. So I got to the airport early and sat in a waiting area on my iPad watching the race. I paid $7 for a, for decent quality airport Wi-Fi. Did you? Uh, and was it worth the investment? Possibly not really. It wasn't a classic, was it? No, <laughs> it was not a classic. I was sat on my sofa and like just before the red flag, I was thinking, do I go to bed and just give up on this? Because it wasn't doing anything for me. Nothing was happening. And then we got the red flag. So I sort of stayed up and it it, it, it got better. But it wasn't incredible. I, I guess it started well. I mean, with the, I mean, not well for Checo Perez, but it started well in terms of excitement levels. In that there was a, there was an incident, a racing incident, and I, and I, I, I look just to give a little bit of credit to the Mexico Grand Prix. I loved the atmosphere that came across on telly. I loved what it looked like. I loved how it felt, and I really loved the windy, mad. Ha- double hairpin through the str- the the, uh, the temporary seating yeah. and round the Heineken bit. That looked amazing. Do you not think, Christian? Yes and no. Oh, the, they put on one of the best shows of the year. The Mexican organisers, in terms of lifting the car up on the podium, yeah, which is ridiculous. Like it looks it's mad. Have you ridiculous. seen the video? It's proper peak <laughs> F1 madness that we love the sport for. Brilliant. Yeah. The stadium section looks fantastic, and the crowd in Mexico are absolutely absolutely amazing and it's such a good idea to do a tight and twisty bit round the stadium to give it a sort of stadium feel and make the fans be able to see the cars but because the the cars get slowed down so much it's really hard for them to get close to each other on the start finish straight because they've had to slow down so much what i'd like to see them do is remodel that sector three to make it faster through the stadium section which would then give the drivers more of a chance to get close to each other on the start-finish straight and promote overtaking down into Turn 1. That's exactly what they did at the Spanish Grand Prix at the Circuit de Catalunya, and that worked fantastically well. So this configuration of the Mexico Grand Prix circuit doesn't make for spectacular racing, and that's why we didn't see the best Grand Prix at the weekend. So I think they need to tweak that stadium section to improve the racing. No doubting the atmosphere being absolutely electric, though. And it seems like a nice point to bring in Natalia, who is a fast and curious listener, who is joining us live from Mexico City. Natalia, welcome to the Fast and the Curious. Hi, guys. How are you? Really well. Hello, Natalia. Thanks for joining us. So take us into the circuit then. We were just talking about how fantastically it came across on TV. What was it like being there? It was awesome. Actually, I've been to Silverstone before. Having this compared with Silverstone, it's another thing. I can't even put it into words. It's amazing, the crowd. I'm not a huge Chekhov fan, actually, but... Being Mexican, I'm I'm supposed to be a fa- Checos fan, and it it gives you goosebumps whenever Checos name is on the grandstands, and when the national anthem is on, it's it's incredible actually. I, I just wanted to like I wanted to be there, you know, like really get into it. Can you just like really describe sort of everything around it? Yeah, I mean, since the moment he got in on the grid. People start chanting his name. Uh, not only his name, he's also known as Viejo Sabroso. I don't know why. That is like in translation is 
tasty old man. So, what? <laughs> I don't find him tasty. But here in Mexico, you will see everywhere viejo sabroso that is tasty old man. And the chantings, Checo, Sergio, or Perez, it was so loud. Since he got off the car to go to the national anthem, everyone was so emotional. And after that, when the race started, the screams were so loud. But, well, unfortunately, in the first corner, it was absolutely silence. Yeah. And everyone was like, Hoping like it's first up and it's first up and it's first up and it's first up and <laughs> and when we realized it was Checo, it was silence. It was insane. It was completely silence. Oh. You can feel the disappointment. Actually, there were people that left the race after that cor first corner because they didn't. They came only because of Checo. Really, it changed the mindset of the whole crowd after that lap. But it was still amazing the whole race. I can't believe that his chant is tasty older man. He's only 33 years old, for God's sake. Like, come on. He's not that He old. does look older, though, <laughs> doesn't he? If we're being honest, he does look older. He does. I guess dr driving fast uh, makes you look old, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's the stress. Also, yeah, he's been under a lot of stress this season as well, hasn't he? Like, it's probably aged him a couple of years. Um, and also, he's like a dad of a billion kids now. Every time there's a vacation, he has another kid. So that makes him a little <laughs> bit old. <laughs> Natalia, can you come on every week? Yeah, I like this. This is so good. Sure. This, this, is the, this is the insight we wanted from the global Formula One network. This is <laughs> so good. So, so you were talking about how much, you know, everyone, everyone there loves Checo. And you've obviously been to Silverstone, like you said. What's the difference between the sort of love for George and Lewis at Silverstone? And Lando, Lando of course. And then the love for Checo. Is it like 10 times larger? No, like thousand times. I mean, oh, wow. the whole month, every corner on the street is full with Checo's posters and things. He's everywhere. He's in... Tequila, he's in chocolate, he's in gas stations, he's in telephones, he's in everywhere. He's like a national hero. Yeah, it feels like a really good point to to start talking about Checo's future and his importance in the sport. Because if if that's the sort of impact he has globally, the sport really needs Sergio Perez to be at the top of his game, doesn't it, Christian? Because otherwise... Yes. People leaving a circuit because Checo's not there is quite damaging for the sport. The case study of that is Germany, which for as long as I was growing up watching the sports was an F1 stronghold, a key battleground in Formula One success, a big country mm. because of the great Michael Schumacher <laughs> and then because of Sebastian Vettel followed him. And now F1 doesn't have a strong German interest and you're seeing viewing figures in Germany fall there's, there's no German Grand Prix, which I'm, you know, and there are two circuits, at least in Germany, that are very capable of hosting Formula One that I think if there was a German driver at the top, we'd see. So uh, in a similar way that when Formula One lost Felipe Massa, that the Brazilian fans are amazing and wild and crazy. And it's never been quite the same since in Brazil, although they love Lewis, they see him as a bit of an adopted Brazilian. It would be such a shame for the sport if we did lose Checo because, you know, F1 loves Mexico and Mexico loves F1. 
I've got to say, I love doing this podcast because I find that so genuinely interesting. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to do it with you all is that you find out these very, very nuanced bits about the sport where you go, oh, that's so, of course, that's why that happens. That's why all this um, makes sense. And the history, suddenly it, you put it all into context and you hear about Felipe Massa and why there's not a German Grand Prix and all the German drivers and everything. Fascinating stuff. So, Natalia, we're going to try and connect to uh, a lovely man called Mike, who you've been hanging out with, haven't you? But before <laughs> yeah. we do that, I think Mike's having problems with finding Wi-Fi because he's on his travels, obviously, at the minute. We need to find out more about you. So you're in Mexico City. Tell us about you, Natalia. How did you find us? What's 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 going on here? What's your story? I'm a recently fa- added fan to Formula One. It's been like a year and a half since I become a fan, but that year and a half has been super hardcore for me, learning about the drivers, learning about the cars, about the teams, about everything. I'm a lawyer, so it has nothing to do with Formula One or cars or speed or nothing at all like that. Right. So whenever I have to go to trial or something to the courthouse, I would listen to podcasts to learn about Formula One or the drivers. And I was first, I became a huge George Russell fan. And I was looking for George's podcast and episodes, wherever, whatever I can learn about him. And I found you on like your third episode, I think. And that's how I got him to find you. I've done radio for a very, very long time. And I, I, I still find that mind blowing. I think that it's, it yeah. is the most incredible medium ever that you can just you're just picked up mm. and discovered somewhere in the world and someone is listening to this. So it's a, it's, it's a real pleasure to talk to you, Natalia, and to get an insight into your, into your it's world. A huge honor and also, here. guys, Natalia's really smart. We're, we're, we're appealing to smart people. I know this is exactly what I was thinking. I was like, bloody hell, we're going places. We've got lawyers <laughs> listening to us, guys. We've made it. Hey, it's, he's made it work. Welcome, Mike, to the Fast and the Curious. Hi, sorry about that. Okay, before we bring Mike um, in properly, can we just have a a, a bit of a, a recap of how hashtag Mexico Mike, which is a hashtag <laughs> I love, by the way, started? This was a proper project, wasn't it? This was a big old project. So basically, Mike got in touch because he had heard in one of our earlier episodes um, about somebody that was going to, I think it was the Japan Grand Prix, on their own and wanted to meet up with people. So he sort of got this idea, got in touch with us and was like, look, I'm going to the Mexico Grand Prix guys on my own. Can you sort of give me a shout out and see if anyone (laughs) will meet up with him? So we sort of, me and Christian were like, yeah, absolutely. Took it upon ourselves. Christian kept calling him Lonely Mike, which Mike, (laughs) I don't think you're lonely. It's okay. Don't listen to Christian. It's fine. (laughs) Mike knows I was joking, don't you, Mike? Clearly a very popular man. Look at him. I'm not sure about that. But. <laughs> so we gave we gave a shout out for for lonely Mike hashtag Mexico Mike and lovely Natalia hit us up and was like I'll look after Mike producer Jimmy got them together and look at this and here we are uh, on the side of a road it looks like Mike tell us where you are um so yeah I've just come to do a bit of tourism and uh, so I'm visiting kind of the Temple of the Sun and the Moon, which is it's a massive pyramid basically. Uh, 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, very busy. And, and Mike, tell us, um, tell us where you met Natalia. What was the what was the setup? Was it like our hold a red car nation, and you, I'll meet you here? And where where did you end up sort of hanging out? What was your adventure like? So Natalia kind of happily managed to meet me where I was staying outside the accommodation. Uh, Natalia's sense of direction is not the best, so that's quite funny trying to find her <laughs> everywhere we go. You're supposed uh, to be the tour guide, Natalia. He's bloody useless. I know, but I I don't know where I live, actually. I always use maps, and even with that, I get lost. And guys, how much time did you spend with each other over the weekend? How, what did you do together? So on Thursday, we probably spent maybe about two hours together. Had a, a, full win- a small window, because Italian was going to a track to do like a, a pit lane walk with her sister, um, which I was oh. very jealous of. After practice session on Friday... We met outside the gate where she entered, and then, and then kind of went out for drinks from there. I, I hear that you both ended up at the um, at the driver's hotel. Can you tell us about this, please? Since I'm a hardcore Alpine fan, I looked up where the drivers were staying, where Esteban and Pierre were staying. So I made like this reservation at their bar hotel, hotel bar. Outside the hotels, there's huge crowd of people of fans waiting to see. The drivers, because in that hotel, not was just Esteban and Pierre. It was also Checo's hotel, so it was super crowded. Mike, it sounds like you're in the. It, it sounds like we've put sound effects of of Mexico City in the background. It sounds amazing, by the way. No, it is carnage. Yeah, it's just a typical, authentic Mexican experience. And are you having are you having an amazing trip? What's uh, what where where do you go next? What's going on? So yeah, I've, um, this is the start really for me so I'm next two months I'm traveling down south through sort of Central America wow. just kind of going with the flow a little bit Costa Rica Panama Salvador yeah, through them all oh there's some advice there you go will you two see each other again I don't know I actually had to work today well no 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 Natalia it doesn't need to be now but in the future you know in as life goes on would you like to see each other again sure I mean I always I want to go back to Silverstone so perhaps I can look out for Mike there I don't know. Mike, will you be at Silverstone? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work out where I want, which Grand Prix I want to go to next, but I think Silverstone will definitely be on. I'd like to go back there again um, and maybe do one other as well. If this happens, let us know, please, guys. We've got to, we will bring you two together at Silverstone again. We really have to. It'll be nice to meet you both. I think that would be really lovely to see you at Silverstone. What a great Fast and Curious reunion that would be. And before we let you go, Mike, and get back to the Temple of Doom or whatever it's called, <laughs> we would love to hear your review of the Grand Prix. What did you make of it? Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I think I was very lucky. I chose a great place to kind of actually be sat um, in the grandstand. So kind of was basically turn 13 is where the podium is. Um, but Mexican friends are really lovely. I kind of actually afterwards Martin Garrett's playing, which was great fun. Mike, I've been looking at your videos on your Instagram and you look like you had an amazing time being right in the middle of the party. It looks like a really great Grand Prix. And can you give us the breaking news? Because did you kiss it, Anne? Of course. Yes, I did hey! kiss it, Anne. He kissed the track for us. I've seen the video. We'll pop that on the Fast and Curious socials as well, along with the lovely photo of you and Natalia. Natalia, thank you for your time. Mike, thank you for yours as well. It's been a real treat connecting you both. What a wonderful thing sport is and what an amazing, fun thing radio and podcasts are. We will catch up with you both very, very soon. Thanks for introducing us. It has been a, it's been a really good fun. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye.
Well, that was a, a wonderful little bit of, uh, of, of podcast magic. Nice to connect Formula One fans with each other, isn't it? And um, look, we got so distracted, we didn't really talk too much about the actual race. Now, full disclaimer, I fell asleep at the red flag because uh, I was like, these guys are going back into the bloody garage. And I was like, I've got, I've got to go to sleep. Uh, well, I, I, And I'm going to go to bed now, if that's okay. I'm not much use because I didn't watch the race. But I have one thing just to roll in quickly. that I, I find it so interesting that the drivers can switch on and switch off so successfully. They have to drive at 200 plus miles per hour Suddenly there's a red flag. They're all then in the pit lane and then they're just wandering off into the garage to go for a wee, have a drink, have a lie down. And then they, it, that, that is a, that's a, that's a skill in itself, isn't it? That's switching on and switching off. That's completely bizarre. And then you just go off and sit for 20 minutes. Yeah. Ha- having to remain focused and, and having to get your head back in the game for the restart is a, un- is a really unique challenge to Formula One. Um, I suppose it slightly reminds me of American football, which I just watched for the first time, where there's a lot of stopping. And sometimes, you know, for mm. commercial breaks, that sort of thing, for a couple of minutes, and then all of a sudden you're back in the game. So that is a, a fairly unique test for these sports stars to stop and then have to get back in it straight away. It's unique in terms of of, of motor racing, where the race normally just goes and then ends. It's very, It's quite rare for a race to go, right, go! Okay, we're going to pause now. Yeah. <laughs> Go again. So you, you you have to get the mindset. And I guess my my point is uh, directed towards Logan Sargent, who said in his post-race chat that he found it hard to do the second restart. There's a lot of pressure on all those drivers to do the the most important bit again. It's also controlling your adrenaline as well, because you're driving a car extremely fast. So you are going to have so much adrenaline going through your body. And then suddenly you've got to stop, get out of the car, get some water, wait around a bit, have a chat, obviously technical chat, etc. And then you've got to get yourself back up for it again. That must just be quite yeah, quite draining almost. So there was a red flag because of a big crash. There are a couple of big incidents in this race. I'm going to leave you two to discuss these. So lots of love. And I will <laughs> I will catch up with you very, very Bye, soon. Bye, Greg. See you next week, Greg. Send our love to Bella. <laughs> I will. Christian, you may or may not know that when I'm watching a Grand Prix, I think I've told you this quite a few times, I write notes in my little, mm. my little notepad on my phone, right? only note that I wrote <laughs> after yesterday was Sergio Perez. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Greg actually said before we started the podcast, it's, it's the, the most he's felt sorry for Checo all season. Yeah. Uh, what I'd like to say before I say what I'm going to say is Sergio Perez is a great F1 driver. I've said this a lot this year. He's won some fantastic Grand Prix, but my belief is what we've seen is the latest in a long series of drivers to have been broken by this second Red Bull seat. And I don't think Sergio is the right choice for that seat anymore. I think he's reached his peak. He's passed that peak probably. And I think Red Bull have better options for that seat because his pace was very impressive over the course of the weekend. He qualified less than a tenth off Max. You know, he probably could have ran Max pretty close, but not, not only has a lot of his speed been off this season, some of his decision-making has been too. And Betty, that, that first corner 
is is the latest example of that. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of said it quite a lot on this podcast, haven't we? But I kind of feel like that second seat in Red Bull is probably one of the hardest positions that you can be in in sport. Like that's mentally very draining. And like, it's probably a link between his decision making and his sort of mentality. You can see what he was trying to do. I mean, if it if it if it pulled it off, he would have been leading the race for a bit. Uh, you're so right. There is a link between the mentality and the decision making because I, I don't think Sergio Perez thinking rationally makes that move. I don't believe Sergio has had a season where he should keep that seat. I, I, I've ran out of excuses for him now. And I think that for me was the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I if I was running Red Bull, wouldn't be putting Sergio in that car next year. And that gives me no pleasure to say because he's a great Formula One driver who was a very good signing for Red Bull. And I think he will go on to have success in another team. But for me, that partnership has reached its natural end in my view. And I, and I, I think Red Bull should buy him out of that contract for next season. Who would you put in the seat then, Christian, just quickly? Well, that brings us on to the other story of the race. As we said earlier, you know, a, a tame first half of the race, a bit better after the red flag. The the other star of the show w- was not only Lando Norris, a sensational move from the back to the front, but, you know, the, the big other star of the show was Daniel Ricciardo, who looked so quick pace-wise all weekend in that Alpha Tauri. Got his mojo back. Uh, I'm not going to go that far yet. Daniel's got to do this week in, week out. This was It is easy to have one good weekend and, and it be a flash in the pan. If Daniel Ricciardo shows that sort of pace for the remaining three races, considering he's already under contract to the team and they're not going to get anyone else, for me, it would be a very obvious thing to do to put Daniel in that seat and to put Liam Lawson in Daniel's seat at Alpha Tauri. Because we've seen time and time again that Red Bull do. Pull the trigger. They're brutal, aren't they? They can be brutal. Let's talk about Lando then, because he went from 17th to 5th. He was so fast, Christian. He said it was one of the best stints that he's ever had. I know you said you were really impressed with him, but like, were you expecting that sort of speed from him? Was I expecting that sort of speed from him? Yes. But I wasn't expecting him to be able to make up that many places Because not only have you got to have the speed, you've got to have what they call racecraft, choosing when to make your overtaking manoeuvres, choosing when to be risky and when not to be. Lando's moves were aggressive, particularly the one on George Russell, but fair. In Oscar and Lando, they've got a formidable partnership. And again, another encouraging weekend for McLaren. So Christian, we've got only three races left, which I genuinely cannot believe is the case because I feel like it's gone so quickly this season. We're nearly at the end of it. Um, But Brazil Grand Prix next, very quickly, what can we expect? Uh, Usually a good race. It's a track where overtaking is possible because you do get a long sweeping final part of the final sector into a good start finish straight. But because Red Bull have been focusing on next year's car for so long, it is closer. So it wouldn't surprise me if these final races of the season are a little bit closer, like we saw with qualifying, for example. So I would expect a fairly close run race. And I think it's going to be all eyes for for me on on Checo. That for me is the biggest storyline going into the end of the season. Mm. The battle for second in the championship and the battle for saving Checo's seat, that battle between Lewis and Checo for second in the championship... I think it's a fascinating one. Yeah, so what you're saying to me is it's going to be an absolute thriller and the pressure is on. We're going to have a banger of a race. Why not? Guys, get in touch with us. 
at Fast Curious Pod on Instagram and TikTok. We're also going to be checking in with a Fast and Curious regular later in the week before the race as well. So as always, hit subscribe whenever you're listening and uh, you're not going to miss any of our driver chats because you get the little notification pop up. So make sure you do that. I am absolutely exhausted. Don't know why. I, haven't, I don't have an excuse like you, but I'm just like sitting here like my eyes are just closing. So I'm going to go. You get yourself to bed, <laughs> get yourself tucked up, nice hot chocolate, and we'll regroup later. Oh, lovely. Right, lovely. That sounds great. Lovely. It's a wholesome note to end, isn't, isn't it? it? Get cosy. The winter's coming. The season's nearly ended. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.